that's the problem. That's where things go wrong. You can be as safe and as precautious as you want to be, but you go somewhere and you deal with somebody who's not following the same things you are and they can get you sick. So it's like, you don't want to, I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to be scared of everything, but I also don't want to run out to everything. And I can't walk around every time I see people like, don't touch me. Or maybe I can't, I don't, is that okay? Is that like the new normal to say, get away from me? Don't breathe on me. Hey fam, Chef Lori is here. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're talking about how to live with COVID. Yeah, we get into all of it. We talk about going to church. We talk about the kids in school, all that stuff that you're wondering about. And we tell you what we really think. Like, why is this so politicized? Mm -hmm. If that's what's on your mind, you're going to love today's episode of Calabama Talking. Let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Calabama Talking, the podcast where we talk about food, family, and life. I am your host, Chef Lorius, everybody's auntie, and my co-host, Mama VJ, the community grandma. This is me and my mom's time to get together, chat about stuff, and talk, talk, run out of mouths like we do all the time anyway. But you get to peer in on the conversation, participate in the conversation, let us know what you're thinking, and we don't always agree. How you doing today, Mama? I think I'm doing okay. You look cute. Well, thank you. I gotta watch you. For what? Because you're just doing too much. You well, you know what? Then just get your eyes ready because I plan to do more. As long as you keep doing it by yourself, single, we all you need. Me, my husband, and your grandchildren are all you need. I wish this child would get over herself. I'm not. I'm not under myself. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm looking out for your best interest. I know. I know. <laughs> so My we, best interest. So we agree. Sure. That didn't sound convincing at all. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, the, in any way, whatever mama is right. You know, I was, it's interesting. We were having a conversation with my daughter, Madison recently. And, you know, right now we're still kind of, we're, co we're still in COVID, but it's kind of not cold. Well, it is COVID and we're figuring out what to do. School's about to start and the kids are going to be home and stuff. And she's talking about being um, afraid to get back into doing things because she usually likes to dance. That's her thing is dance. And she all, she used to do dance eight to 10 hours a week. You know, it took me and you both and a carpool to get her back and forth more you than me. But um, now she's like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And I'm like, well, you know, sweetie, they're kind of doing some things to make it possible and she's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I, and you made a statement. You said, sweetie, you can't stay in this house forever. That's the thing. You have to know that you're going to have to take a risk. You're going to mm. have to go out. But you take the precautions. Yeah. And then you just know. Yeah. That it's going to be all right. Oh, it is hard, though. I, You know, I'm torn about it a little bit, Mama. Like, Okay, there's a whole bunch of thoughts running through my head. So first of all, I was reading an article that said they found um, coronavirus on some chicken wings and they found some coronavirus on some packaged shrimp. And they weren't sure if the virus got on it at the from the shipping point. or Anyway, it was all this stuff. And then all of a sudden I was like, we can't buy chicken wings no more? Like what in the world? How do we live in this? I don't want to say scared world, but how do we live in this coronavirus active world? I mean, don't be fearful, but be reasonable. What are we, how, what are we supposed to do? Drop some wisdom on me, mama. Oh, please. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, no, seriously though, you take the kind of precaution, you take precautions. Yeah. Well, you just have to know that God has your back. 
I know, and that, and to me, that sounds so cliche-ish. But my point is that you cannot live in fear. Yeah. You have to do things afraid. Wow. I mean, it's not that, you know, I mean, I keep having these things in my throat. And of course, you know, at first it was like, is it, is it, is it? No, it is not COVID. <laughs> you don't have COVID-19, mama. <laughs> I have had this problem on my throat forever. You have allergies. Yes. <laughs> I got them when I moved to Virginia too. I didn't have it before, but when I came here, I got it. So the thing is, you have to think about, okay, if I'm going to go back out, it won't be exactly the way it was, but there are precautions that have been taken. The whole idea of being at home back starting in March, yeah. our part of the bargain was that we would stay home so the curve could be flattened. Right. Then our business part was that while we were home, then they were going to figure out ways so that we could yeah. socially distance appropriate. That's the whole part of the bargain. One of those kind of uh, social contracts. Yes. The social contract is saying that the other side had to do something too. It wasn't that you go home forever. You can't right. stay home forever. No, you can't. And it's it's not safe to, but you know, even on that saying we can't stay home forever. I don't like it when people start this whole thing about, well, kids should just go to school. They should just go to school to be social. I'm like, you know what? Let me, just tell the truth. I'm going to be honest. My kids are going to be home. I love being home with my kids. I'm blessed to work from home. You're retired. You live nearby. So between us, someone's always here. My kids aren't at risk. You know, childcare isn't an issue, but I don't buy that whole thing that they should go back so they can be social. I think you want them to go back so you can have a life. Sometimes. You know, I, mean, I think I really think that's what parents are honestly saying. And I don't blame them for it, but be honest. Well, actually, parents want them to go back because parents are having to go to work. You well, see, the employers want kids to open up schools so that they can get you back into the office, get you yeah. back to work. Again, because the whole system requires those kinds of changes. I think things are going to change. Everybody is not going to be able to go to school and everybody's not going to be able to go back to work. We had a situation where someone, kid, went back to daycare. Yeah. And when they get to the daycare, there's another kid there sick. And now their kid is sick. Now there's sickness all through the house. It's like, now what? But see, that's the problem. That's where things go wrong. You can be as safe and as precautious as you want to be, but you go somewhere and you deal with somebody who's not following the same things you are and they can get you sick. So it's like, you don't want to, I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to be scared of everything, but I also don't want to run out to everything. And I can't walk around every time I see people like, don't touch me. Or maybe I can't, I don't, is that okay? Is that like the new normal to say, get away from me? Don't breathe on me. What do you, I don't know. Well, again, God did not give us a spirit of fear. So I'm not afraid. And, 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 and I also think that uh, we've created it to, to the point now that because you want to take precautions, we've created that to be fear. And then yeah. it creates the fear. And that's just not the case. Yeah. That's just not the case. And what happens, the longer you stay in the house, yeah. the more likely you don't want to go out. Yeah. It's when you go out. I, I remember at first we did the whole separation mm -hmm. and I stayed at my place and I didn't come over. And I didn't, the first time I came over was in June. Yeah. And I stayed in the garage and <laughs> all, it was all this stuff. And then, well, I've been out now. 
Right, right. And so then another time I came and I thought, okay, well, let me just come in mm-hmm. a minute or two. And now I come back and forth. But it was because I had been home all alone. Yeah. All alone. So I now I was thinking, oh my God, this is gonna happen. And I thought, no. Yeah. Take your time. And it's the same. That's all I, I'm just saying. It's like I was saying about the dance. They've taken precaution. Yeah. They're asking who's coming back because they're knowing that they have to limit it. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. going to have 50 girls in there like they had before. Right. So it's like, I need to know so I can have you here. And, and, and that, that that's what's going to happen. And, and, you know, I, and I think it's reasonable. And I'm actually glad that we're starting to figure some of these things out. And I just hate how how politicized this whole thing has become so that literally if you say, yeah, I don't think it's safe to go out or I want to be careful, then all of a sudden that makes you a screaming liberal. Or if you say, you know, it's like, I don't get why health, why something like this has to be politicized. I think the fact that kids are starting the school year at home, I actually understand why. And my favorite is when people say, well, kids don't get COVID because we sent them all home in March when the whole thing got really bad. And that's why they didn't get infected. Now they've been back in school, some of them. And all of a sudden the rates for kids are going up. And it's like, this is not, that's not political. That is real. Science is not um, of the, of the devil. And science is not something that we need to say, oh, don't, you know, it's really okay to say that there is a highly contagious respiratory virus that is going around the world that has gotten out of control. And as a global community, and which then comes all the way down to your local community, we need to be smart in how we work to prevent the spread or to lessen the spread, because I think COVID is going to be with us for a while. I don't think it's going to go away. Or it's not going to just disappear one morning, but, and I don't think it was going to go away from shooting up with um, Lysol, but I do think that we have to find a safe way to live and understand precaution. And it's going to look different. Life's not going to be the same for several years, probably. Well, one of the things that's been happening with COVID mm-hmm. is all of a sudden we're being real clear about washing our hands. That was the, that was a hygiene thing that we kind of just halfway uh, uh, addressed. Yeah. So now we really wash our hands. Yeah. We're being real clear about cleaning things. I went to the grocery store mm-hmm. and I looked at the grocery cart. Uh-huh. It is clean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you go someplace, it's clean. Uh, you know, but you know what you say? You, but that's so, okay, I'm sorry. You folks that, oh, um, that, that not hand washing, that's just nasty. Who's been not washing their hands? Well, everybody, everybody washed your hands now. Now they do. And but what gets me is how hard it is for them to remember. I need to wash my hand. They got to sing the birthday song to wash your well, hands. Well, that's how long? Because you can kind of just go run by. But Who don't you, wash their hands? Yeah, but how long you wash your hands? <laughs> but I don't, the I don't point get is, those things should not go away. But I bet you what? I bet you. As soon as the risk is gone, them same nasty people will stop washing their hands again. I'm you serious. See, I'm saying that it'll be a while before we get that loose. Maybe we'll get a new generation of hand washers, you're saying? I'm saying that we know the virus is around and eventually we're going to have to come to the fact that we're going to have to go out. We're going to have to live. Yeah. I mean, now I think about restaurants. There are restaurants that you can go in Mm. and they have outside seating. They have inside seating. It's not as much. Well, 
I'm not interested in going to a restaurant yeah. right now, but I will support your restaurant. I will come and I'll, I will even come pick it up from you. Okay, I'm with you on that. I don't want to go in a restaurant. I'm scared. Restaurants to me feel like one of the most unsafe places because you can't eat with the face mask on. And so your server is going to be touching stuff and coming in contact with things. And then to tell you sit outside, well, it's August. It's 175 degrees out there. I'm not going to, if I sit outside and eat and have to have a face mask between courses, I'm going to have a bad attitude. And it's not going to go well for me or my poor server who's probably got on some long sleeve. It's just disastrous all the way around. And if I go inside, they say that it can get into the, it's the aerosol. Yeah. And it can, it can, um, circulate in the air. Mm. So right now I'm like, I'm good. I don't need a restaurant. That scares me. Well, I'm well, concerned. Well, that's the whole thing with COVID. There are things that we have to reevaluate about our lives. Mm. I mean, I remember up until 14 years ago, I didn't go out to eat much. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You were, you, you and daddy cooked. Well, when I was a teenager, we went out to eat a lot together. Whatever was out of those things. We just we just did breakfast on Saturday morning yeah, that was and fun. dinner on Friday nights. Okay, I guess you have a point there. Because Sundays we ate at church and the rest of the week you cooked. Okay, yes. never mind. It felt like more. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I mean, okay, I'm gonna tell you, I went the other day and I got a pedicure and I got my nails done. And I was nervous and I've been waiting and I was like, forget it, I can paint my own toenails. And I had even ordered little, little nail wraps. I've been doing stuff, and I was just like, okay, I I I got to get my nails done. Not because I felt like my life was going to end or my liber civil liberties or my rights were being violated. I was like, I want to get my feet done. So I went and the salon that I went to, which is the one I normally go to, they are so prepared for this. I actually felt safe <laughs> getting this pedicure. They had it when you first walk in, it's like a plexiglass thing that you stand at. They have the markers on the floor where six feet apart is. You can't even go to the counter to check in. First, someone comes around to you while you're standing there, takes your temperature. Then you go over to where they used to have the coffee section mm -hmm. and they've replaced it or kind of upgraded it with a sink for washing. They always had a sink, but it has a hand washing sink and a um, soap dispenser, but they're motion detected. So you don't touch them. Because I always think about that. So if I touch it, and then I just get it. No, you have to. You come in, stand by the plexiglass, take your temperature, go over, motion sensor, wash your hands, soap and water for 20 seconds, because apparently people don't know how long to wash their hands. Then you come back after all of that's clear, and then you can go up to the counter to check in, and there's plexiglass around the whole counter. Then when I get the pedicure done, when I'm sitting in the chair, there's a whole plexiglass thing between me and the technician. Then when we finish that to get my nails, there's a whole plexiglass thing between me. Honestly, I felt safe they had hospital grade secure, um, sanitizer everywhere, but this salon's always a good one. So then I'm like, okay, I guess if this is, everybody wouldn't have the same, probably work up to the standard of that salon, but I don't feel bad. I didn't feel scared going to get a pedicure. What it was like early in the, uh, in March and April, this beauty salon that I got my hair done at, and you guys just had a fit after I went. We showed you. And what was ridiculous? was this salon was 2,400 square feet and it was three people in there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she just, they couldn't get it. But it was nothing. You were I wrong for that. I was right. No, you weren't. Well, it was whatever. not safe. It was in the height of the pandemic and you should not have gone. I still hold to that. I know you don't agree with me, but I'm- I, I don't. I don't because it wasn't any, it was just but three people in there. But that's how it spreads. There's no way for you to know before you got there that it was only going to be three people. Yes, I did. 
And the reason I knew that was because the person had told me that it was only going to be that number. Mm -hmm. But at any rate, my point is that as long as you stay in the house, you're going to imagine the worst. Yeah, I guess that that is how fear works. Well, I guess and that's the thing. What's the difference between being fearful and being safe? I don't think I'm fearful. I know I'm concerned. I may be more concerned than someone else is, but I don't feel afraid. Like I wasn't afraid to go get the pedicure. I was concerned because once you go outside of your environment, you don't know what other people are doing. Okay. The difference here, Lori, is you don't realize it, but you've been going in and out all along. I go to the grocery store. Yes. So once you go in and out, it's a different thing. But if you never go out. Okay. And that's what's happening with some of the kids is they're never, they haven't gone out. So there's this absolute concern and, 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 and it creates this, they they don't know what to expect. They're really concerned about going out and you have to do that. It's too bad that we politicize this to the point that people can't just be rational about it. It's like, I, 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 like we talk about church, okay? Mm. We talk about churches. And uh, there's a whole group of people that have church. Right. And uh, I listen to them, and these are some friends. And one of them, one set of friends, several of them. And I told Lori, I said, you know what? Some churches can continue to have church. <laughs> you sure did. You said they ain't got no members, no way. <laughs> In those churches, if you put two people on the row, you would run out of people before you ran out of pews. Okay. Now, you now got, they can have church. Y'all go right ahead on have service. <laughs> but you know the one that gets me with churches is when, because we're church, we're, we're believers. So we actually like to go to church. That's what we do. And right now we're not because it's not safe. Uh, I see the, the the revivals that they have. And then they say somebody came back with COVID. And I'm like, what did you think? It was a COVID hotbed. Y'all running around praying for each other, laying hands on each other, singing on each other, blowing on each other with no masks or barely any masks. And then come back talking about, I got COVID, but let me show you how the Lord delivered me. Your dumb self got COVID on your dumb self going out there with all them people. You did not need to do that. Now, I I know y'all, some of y'all might get mad at me for saying that, but I'm just saying you don't need to do all of that. Well, what I find though is are we doing it because we really, what is our real motive? And we need to ask ourselves. Mm. It's a big deal. I, okay. I, I'm a minister too. As a minister, you love to have a packed house. Yeah. You do. Well, this is not the time to have a packed house. No, it's not. It's not. And, and a lot of clergy are dying. I mean, and to me, there's nothing sadder than seeing these people who have who, who have a lot of life left to live, who are dying of a disease that they did not have to die of, that they could have just taken some precautions and stayed home. I like what that pastor in Chicago said. I think his fellowship, I don't know, I saw on Instagram. He said, when y'all open up all of your state houses and your government houses and the, I can go on a tour, when y'all open up, we'll open up. <laughs> he said, when I can tour... And, and do whatever, go all, anywhere there, that's when I'll open up. And I appreciated that because I'm like, I understand, coming from a pastor's family, I understand the importance of being in church. And I'm not just talking about the, let me back up. I understand the importance of coming to the building. 
You know what I'm saying? And I also understand the scripture that says, forsake not the assembling of yourself, meaning don't forget the importance of coming together because it does play a role. It is important. But at the same time, we have common sense and there is nothing anti-God or anti-Christ or anti-faith to say, we need to chill right now from this method of gathering until we get this better under control. I agree. What's interesting to me is I see this as a wonderful opportunity for churches to expand. Yeah. The whole thing about Zoom, yeah. YouTube, you can really get that done. Yeah. And if your church doesn't have that, I believe God will make a way for you to get it. Mm -hmm. And most of us have it anyway. We all have computers and the like. Yeah. There's lots. Yes. There are lots of things that we could do to make it possible that we can continue to meet together. Yeah. I like that idea yeah. of being able to meet together. But I'm going to tell you, mm. if you are a preacher and you are not accustomed to pre preaching to empty buildings, yeah. you have a hard time. Well, I did ministry for seven years on television. Yeah. And it was in a studio. Yeah. So the only people there was me, the <laughs> photographer, yeah. I mean, the a videographer and the director. That was it. Yeah. So I learned how to just teach the word. Now, what that does require is you don't get to have um, the audience feeding back to you so that you know it's going over. It means that you really have to rely on God. Yeah. And you have to really rely on the fact that you have stayed before him. You've gotten his message mm -hmm. and, and you know, and he will anoint you. The anointing will come upon you, whether or not it's a full place Preach or mama. not. Preach mama. <laughs> but there are so many other things that go along with being church mm -hmm. than just going to that building. Yeah. And what always, I'm going to be honest with you, what all cracks me up. Uh-oh. This all this group to just dying to go to church. Okay. <laughs> I could put money on that if I went back to 2019 and there was 52 Sundays, I suspect <laughs> they missed at least half of them. <laughs> and that's always the way it works, isn't it? Oh, we just need to be in church. No, you just need somewhere to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. you just gotta have because. No one said that you, yeah. uh, again, the whole Zoom thing, everything you, yeah. them, Facebook, you can get to your people to get the word to them. Yeah. And those, you know, the shut-in ones, this is the thing that interests me. <laughs> when they were talking about the elderly and the shut-in, mm -hmm. well, guess what? They weren't going to church no way. They were shut-in. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the thing for me is church... It highlighted for me in, on the church side, and I'm sorry, y'all, we talking about church because we church folks. That's what we do. But the thing for me was it highlighted how much people had put into the building that they couldn't even imagine not being able to go to the building. Like, oh, I got to go. And I'm like, what is the deal? If our life is to be an example, I don't have to go to the building for that to show. Again, I'm not downing going to the building. I love going to church. I love getting together with other believers. I love the encouragement and the uplift. That's that's all part of it. But if there's a reason I can't make it, I'm not about to I'm not about to go back as they used to say because I can't get in the building. You still holding on? I'm yet holding on, baby. <laughs> Hold on, baby. Hold on. 
<laughs> but you know what? I was thinking the other day about it. I uh-huh. really, this is, I'm, now I'm getting serious now. Okay. I was thinking the other day about this whole COVID thing and that has happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about uh, this uh, person that's in, uh, on, on the West Coast that's going and he's doing worship on the beach and mm-hmm. people are being saved and all these things going on. And I got to thinking about that. When the, uh, 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 when Jesus left uh-huh. and he left the disciples mm-hmm. in the upper room and he told them to wait mm-hmm. and they were there the 10 days and then the Holy Spirit came yeah. and then they began to be, uh, things happened there, but they were all together Yeah, and they stayed together. They stayed in that church. They had a wonderful time fellowshipping with each other. They reached the point where they decided we'll just all just stay right here <laughs> and we'll just eat and sleep and pray. They, they were, <laughs> and suddenly there was this massive persecution and they had to go out. So mm. I thought about it. I said, okay, so here's what's happened with COVID. We're all in each of our buildings mm-hmm. having church mm-hmm. and we're just really happy with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And we're wondering about that, but we, we got it going on. Well, what has COVID done? It has forced us to come out. We're now on Facebook. We're now on zoom. There's people that would never have walked into the church door. They get to hear the gospel. Yeah. I'm not even going to argue with that. It is no, now, but it's true. You're actually, right. our reach has gotten farther than it was when we were going in the building. And we're so busy sometimes complaining about the building that we don't realize an even bigger audience has been opened up to receive the gospel. Yes. From different ways, because everybody's not going to hear the same preacher. Some people don't like Joel Osteen. Some people love Joel Osteen. There's a group of people he can reach that um, another Television that Rod Parsley can't can't reach. I'm just using that as an example. But there's there's different ways people are reached, and now that everybody's having to put themselves out there, it's even more opportunities for every person to find their connection point. Exactly. Everybody does not want to go to a mega church. Right. Everybody is. People say, "Oh, those televangelists," and they ignore them. But I tell you what, they're not. They're not ignoring their next door neighbor that was a pastor. Mm. They're not going to ignore my yeah. my neighbor goes to church over here. I, I'm just going to see what's going on there. Yeah. Be, this we have a bigger audience. Wow. You get on social media now. You can put your Instagram little clips and here and there. Now people are getting the gospel out from just coming out of what God has given you. The wow. mission that God has given your church mm-hmm. has now been expanded because of COVID-19. Wow. I guess it's, that's a perspective thing. Yes. You can sit there and say, they couldn't kick me away from the church. And they, I get so tired <laughs> of Christians. Carrying on that somebody's trying to take my rights away. Please. Right. Oh, you can't pray. Yes, Since you can. when? Pray right now. Pray. Pray. You can't make everybody stop what they're doing so that you don't have to be uncomfortable. And everybody don't have to hear you pray. Right. The, the only person that need to hear you is God. Exactly. And isn't that who's supposed to hear you to begin with? Because you can lay your hands on somebody and pray for them. There, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. But you can keep your hands to yourself and pray. <laughs> Especially if you ain't washed your hands. That's how COVID spreads, people. <laughs> the COVID hot 
beans. I mean, but really, <laughs> if we would just stop complaining yeah. about that and see the opportunity mm. that God has given us. Yeah. I mean, God did not send COVID. No. But I am simply saying that in the situation and the circumstances we're in, we have now have a bigger audience. Yeah. Yeah. We have a bigger spread. Yeah. And you're right. God didn't send COVID. Okay. We are not on that camp. It's not a plague. It's not the 11th plague. Okay. God did not send COVID to teach us a lesson, but nothing is wasted with him. Exactly. And that's what we're finding is how do we change our perspective to get at what's what he's actually giving us an opportunity to do. So if I circle, I'm sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say, Mom? You know, we always talk about being in a church and they say, we need to, you need to go out and do this. Mm -hmm. We're all out there now. Yeah. <laughs> we evangelists is now. <laughs> <laughs> because we were all were very comfortable in our church, all four, my four, my four and no more. No more. Mm -hmm. Well, now we can't do my four and no more because my four may not even be able to get there. My four, we with six of us and you were at your house. I couldn't even have my six together. <laughs> <laughs> you sure had to come up with something else. Wow. That's a good point to make. So if I circle back to the first thing that I thought about when we started this conversation, should I make Maddie go back to dance or not? I think Maddie should go back to dance because Maddie does not want to leave out of the house. She sure don't. And Maddie has always loved being in the house. So now I think she's gotten afraid to go. I think to some degree she is. I think she has definitely picked up on some fear of going out because of everything. And also she legit loves to be at home. She just, I mean, she just likes being at home and we get along well. Like I said, I always work from home anyway, so I'm home as it is. And Aiden, sometimes, you know, he wants to get out sometimes and run around, but they have allergies so bad to them. A lot of ways they haven't been upset about being in the house for the spring and summer because their allergies cut up anyway. But I'm just thinking about it. She doesn't, I don't think she needs to take, you know, eight, 10 classes like she did before. But I think it would probably be good to just say, look, let's find one. There's one, one or two things she really likes. And maybe those, you know, you do. And I don't want to force her to do it, but I'm, I'm happy to if I need to, but I'm hoping that some way I can get her to understand why it's important, you know? Yes. We got to come up with a strategy to manipulate a 12-year-old. No, 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 no. We are not <laughs> going to manipulate a 12-year-old. All mothers are, manipulate. No, no. You did it to me. No. Yes. Maybe, but that was then. You can't oh, do that to Madison. We yes. cannot do that to Madison. Listen. It only won't work if you tell her. My. The thing is, we want Madison to be able to think about it. Mm -hmm. We're giving her information and helping her to look at the fact that she needs to go out. Now, maybe what we need to start doing, mm -hmm. maybe she should come just visit me one day. Yeah. Or maybe she should just go to the grocery store with you. Just so that she can see that she can yeah. go out the house, come back and not, not have COVID. And not have COVID. Yeah. Or maybe she and her friend can get together. Oh, uh, I don't know. They can get together over Zoom. I don't know. I, ooh, I'm scared to have people over here. And I'm scared no, to let her No, I am not talking I'm about. I'm not scared, concerned. It, it, it just, you got to have the small steps. She can go to your house. She's got to have small steps of, of getting out and about. Oh, the Lord. kids in my neighborhood. They just remind me that it's okay. I watch them. Mm -hmm. They are always outside. They're outside riding their bikes. They're outside. But no one goes to the playground. Or when they go to the playground, it's two in the playground. And yeah. then they, 
but they yeah. they keep the distance. Yeah. And it's the families and that. And there's these two cute little boys in my building. <laughs> so here she go. One on the fifth floor and the other one on the fourth floor with mm-hmm. me. They're out riding their bikes Aww. and they're just doing their little thing. Yeah. I guess that part. And outside is safe in that sense because once you get out in the sun and the heat, they, it is shown that the virus doesn't continue to live in those environments. It's 175 degrees. But there's a difference between going to school. Going to At school. the school with all the kids, they yeah. always get sick. Well, school is just a hotbed. I mean, it's, oh, it's a germ me. hotbed. We were talking about that earlier. Since kids don't get it. You know why they don't? They were home. Thank you. They were all at the house. Anyway, we're digressing. Well, y'all, this was a good conversation, Mom. I'm happy we talked about this. And we don't need to be fearful, but we do need to use common sense. But we got to do, we got to learn how to live. Yes. Learn how to live. I like that. Learn how to live in these COVID days. So it's not, it's going to be here for a while. I believe a vaccine will come, you know, and I think give it time to do what it's supposed to do and make sure it works. But we just got to learn how to live differently for a while. Well, you know what happened though? Mm. Just quickly, we've had pandemics before. Mm. The polio was a real problem. How did they get past polio to living in a normal life though? They finally came in with a vaccine. Okay. And the catch was polio was something that happened every summer and it, uh, it happened in every family. It was, it yeah, was really yeah. bad. But they finally said, you know what? We got to have that. And you know how we did it? Mm. We did the March of Dying. Wow. We raised the money That's to the pay mar- for the research. Interesting. There's so much to be learned from history. <laughs> Even we all, whenever we say that, we're usually talking about world history or U.S. history, but just simple pandemic history. How we've gotten out of these kinds of things before is something to learn now. So, wow. All right, fam. This has been a lot of fun. I hope you've gotten something out of today's discussion. We will see you next week right back here for more Calabama Talking in the Love Lab with me. I am Chef Lorius, everybody's auntie and my co-host. Mama VJ, the community grandma. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time. Have a great day and happy talking.